This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defio. And if you listen to part one on an audio platform, I thank you for downloading part two. If you, if you stuck with me live, I thank you for that. And coming out of the out of the break, I wanted to get this in from Brian Brown, this uh, chat, this uh, comment, and he says it all depends on a defensive pass rush. The Steelers need pressure and sacks. Amen to that. They certainly do because that's the key. That's been, as, as I've been saying this all year in, in written form and on podcasts, the calling card of this team dating back to 2017 uh, has been sacks, getting after the quarterback, rushing the passer, making life miserable. And we haven't seen that since really since the first half of week two when uh, when they had all those injuries. Obviously, Watt and Alu go out and it, it greatly reduced their effectiveness and understandably so. So we need to get those guys uh, playing like they can again. Obviously, Alulu will not be playing, but Watt and Highsmith and uh, generating a pass rush. And, and and if you can generate a pass rush, what well, that can lead to, uh, to, to takeaways, it can lead to fumbles. You, you know how adept TJ Watt is at stripping the, the quarterback of the ball. He's, he's a modern day James Harrison in that regard. The guy's, incredible at it especially lately or he was up until his injury so they need to get back to that again because the more you make life miserable for the quarterback the more prone he is going to be to make mistakes so that's got to that's got to come back that's not to me obviously the offense is, is a big deal for this team they got to figure something out somehow some way but getting that pass rush back again is is, 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 is to me it's paramount for for how the season's going to go so kudos to Brian Brown. And let's see who else we have in the live chat. Wes Hickok. And he says, and, and, and to me, rightfully so, I, Geno Smith greatly reduces Seattle's offense. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's totally different universes when, you, when you're talking about Russell Wilson and Geno Smith as far as quarterbacks. So that's a, that's a break. I mean, you don't like to wish injury on anybody, but let's be real. That's a break for the Steelers. If they can – if they can win this game on Sunday and then and then head into Sunday Night Football with a two and three record playing a compromised Seahawks team, well, you saw what they did to the Steelers two years ago when when Ben went out. They it probably enabled them to win that game. So you know, I guess now this will be Pittsburgh's chance to win. But it all but that's next week. You know, they they have to worry about this Sunday because they're not good enough to to overlook anybody. Why should they? The Broncos are three and one. I realize they have a. They played a pretty weak schedule, but they're still three and one. So yeah, uh, again, that's a break uh, uh, for the Steelers. If you're if you're talking about at least from a competitive standpoint. All right, Mark Tobin's with us. Micah Everett, John C. Steel Chick Forty Six. All right, people. 
Thanks for joining me. And let's talk about. I, I want. I want to get into the to the because uh, it fascinates me what's going on with the Steelers right now. Because um, as I said on a hangover on 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 Monday with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White, um, it, it's just not. It's not. I, it, it's hard to get excited to watch this team right now. It just is. It's hard to get up for a game. Like I was up for the for week one. I was really into it. But you know that offense was so bleh, so blah in that game. It kind of it was kind of alarming to me. Even though it was a great defensive effort, and of course they had to block punt for a touchdown. It was a uh, it was alarming to me to to see the offense, and I expected struggles, but to see kind of what we saw last year, and and it looked even like a lot like 2019 uh, as far as the production. So. It was hard to get up for the for the Raiders game. I, I, I couldn't get up for the Bengals game, even the Packers game at Lambeau Field, one of my favorite stadiums in the NFL, one of my favorite stadiums in sports, one a stadium that I want to visit one day. I love that place. I love the, I love the Ice Bowl. I've, I've talked about the Ice Bowl forever. It's my favorite non-Steeler game of all time. But I couldn't even get up for the Sunday's game. I just, you know, there's a malaise. There's a there's just a malaise with this team right now, and and. I'm not sure if it's something you, you can always detect, you know, if you're not in Pittsburgh. And I know it sounds weird. I, I hate to play the Pittsburgh card because I'm not sure if it means anything. But I think there's something to be said, in my opinion, there might be something to be said for actually living in the city and just and just like the vibe that you feel and the buzz. And there really hasn't been a vibe, a, a positive vibe about this team in, in the city or a buzz. You don't hear a lot of people talking about the Steelers. You see it on social media. I mean, you see it on social media all the time. It's year round. You know, what jersey should I buy? What jersey should I wear? Uh, people are just in love with the Steelers. If you're in Seattle or if you're in England or if you're in Australia, you know, you just, mo- you know, mostly it's, it's a, it's a, every, every day is a pep rally on online. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, everybody's up for the team and talking about the team and, and, and devouring all the news, but just being in town and I've lived here my whole life. I've lived in Pittsburgh my whole life. I'd like to travel, but you know, I just don't have the uh, the greenbacks for that right now. But one of the advantages of that, I guess, is is again the 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 buzz just isn't there for this team right now, and it really kind of hasn't been since I'd say I'd, I'd say this team has been been in a funk, really. If I had to pick a a a, a period where where the where this kind of this current funk kind of got started. And this is going to be this is going to sound funny because uh, they started out eleven zero last year, but it, it would probably be that Denver loss. Ironically enough, that Denver loss the weekend of Thanksgiving in twenty eighteen, they were seven two and one. They run a roll. They had a two and a half game lead in the AFC North. It looked like they were going back to the playoffs. Uh, they were looked like they were in line for a bye, and the everything just went out, just just spiraled out of control, and they collapsed. Everything imploded. Um, you know, Ben with his radio show, Antonio Brown was angry. Uh, Bell wasn't even here that year. He was holding out. He was uh, water skiing. He was either 230 pounds or 800 pounds, depending on on the pictures you saw. Um, and they missed the playoffs. And then, of course, you know, they had to kind of recover from from the uh, the fallout with AB just losing it that off season and, and forcing a trade 
and they had to try to come together again as an organization, even though they're going to be a less talented organization without Bell and Brown. There's no question about it. And then, of course, Ben gets hurt, misses all 2019. And it was a fun, that was a fun year, I think, that fighting through that adversity as an organization and a fan base was a lot of fun. But obviously they weren't, they weren't capable of being Super Bowl, a Super Bowl team that they were even really a serious playoff team. Even if they made it, they probably were going to be one and done. So that was a little off. And even last year, even though they were 11 and 0, everything just felt, felt off with the pandemic and nobody in the stadium. And of course they collapsed down the stretch again. And now, you know, they're at where they're at right now with a one and three record. Yeah. This funks, it, it started, it started back in 2018, the end of 2018. It really hasn't, hasn't uh, subsided just yet. We're not on the other side of it just yet, but I, I think that's, that's common in sports. I think there's you know, sports is very cyclical, as you know. And, you know, when a team gets on a roll and everything is going right, that can last for years, three, four, five years. And when it goes the other way, it can last three or four or five years. Uh, you look at the, the early 2010s. And I think that, I think their, their, their funk started, believe it or not, in 2011. When, uh, even though they were 12 and four, uh, they got swept by the Ravens and had to set up for the f- number five seed. And they didn't really look like a, uh, they were 12 and four, but they didn't really look like a 12 and 14. You know, they, they, they turned the ball over 28 times that year. They only took it away 15 times. I think they had 35 sacks. It wasn't the same defense that it was the year before when they went to the Super Bowl. So they just fell off. They felt off. Of course, they lost to Tim Tebow in the first round. And then the next two years, they, they, Collapsed in, in in 2012 down the stretch, missed the playoffs. 2013, they got off to a two and six start, 0 and four, and then two and six. And then they were five and eight at one point, and they had to they won their last three, and they almost made the the playoffs. But those three years, you could just tell it wasn't this wasn't a good football team. Even again, even the t- 2011 team, it wasn't a serious contender. Even though we probably didn't realize it at the time because we, they were just coming off that Super Bowl run that they had. Um, the defense was getting old. It was getting slow. They couldn't take the football away anymore. Uh, you know, they were in a transition. And at one point between 2012 and 2013, they lost 11 out of 15 games. You just felt that, that lack of, of, of buzz. You felt that you felt the funk. You could just feel it. It wasn't a good team. Um, but the good thing about, about these cycles is they can kind of just like the, the, the bad part, the good part can kind of creep up on you when you don't realize it. And I remember that uh, the 2014 year. You remember 2014? They kind of got off to a, another shaky start. Even that first game that they won against the Browns, uh, they had a 27 to three lead in the fourth quarter, and, and the Browns just came back just like that and tied the game. In like five, I think like five minutes, they scored three touchdowns. The defense was was useless in that game, and they managed to win that game at the end on a, on a Sean Sweesham field goal. But they they were struggling over the first seven, eight games. And I remember going over to my uncle's house with a six pack to watch them play the Browns in Cleveland. And the Browns just beat them up that day. They just destroyed them. And my uncle and I were barely even paying attention to the game at the point. We're just drinking, you know, beer, whatever it was, Miller Lite or whatever the heck, Yingling, whatever I had. And we're just talking about the season and, and how many games they were going to lose and, and, how many we could, we thought they could realistically win. I think we came up with like five or six by the end of the year. And we were planning a trip 
to Cincinnati later in that year to see them play the Bengals. That was the famous Martavis Bryant game, the 97 yard touchdown game or yeah, that game. And um, we didn't think the game would mean anything by the time we, we got to go see them in Cincinnati. But not long after that, they found a, uh, they found a, a formula for success. They, they started depending on Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, uh, morphed into one of the, maybe the best receiver in the NFL. He, he was already heading that way, and I think he reached that point in 2014, and he stayed there for a while. And, of course, Ben, not long after that, started playing the best football of his life. I mean, this this was the uh, back-to-back six-touchdown uh, season. So, you know, you, you never know when the when the uh, the fog will be lifted. And that, that good cycle lasted all the way through again until, I think, the end of 2018, and then it fell apart. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't seem like it right now. People were predicting some down years for them because Ben will be leaving, but who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll, uh, they'll pick things up and, and get back on the, uh, get those good vibes back again so- sooner than you think. And, and, and they might be in, who knows, maybe they're in the beginning stages of that right now. We don't even know it. So that's, that's what I find fascinating about, about these things is, is, uh, sometimes you don't realize it how long a how long a, a a general slump really is. Like you just look back, oh, they made the playoffs last year. How could that be a slump? Well, they didn't really. They seemed off. We talked about it last year. How off they seemed. So, and what else we have here? Josh Parker's joining us. I guess if a Steelers freak, there you go. McAldoo. So I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves tonight. I just have one more thing I wanted to touch on before I took some questions and comments. And that's about the previous decade, the 2010s. And the expectations that Steeler fans have. And I don't deprive anybody of high expectations. And believe it or not, it's not unique to Steeler fans. I know we like to say that our standards are higher than other fan bases, but they're really not. Every fan base has high expectations for their team. And they don't care that they just won a Super Bowl or a World Series or NBA or whatever. They don't care that they won it last year or three years ago. They're not They're not going to like savor that during a, a, a bad season. They want to win now, all the time. Every fan base wants to win now. They always expect to win. They always demand to win. So I'm not denying that. But what I am, what I do have an issue with is, is this revisionist history or how people, um, they want to label things a certain way. And to me, it's just not true. Like you hear people talk about the 2010s, that decade, the decade after that Super Bowl, Super Bowl run of the 2000s that they had. And, and they say stuff like, well, they wasted all that talent. They wasted so much talent, they underachieved, and it's a shame that they wasted Ben's good year. And what do you mean by waste? Do you mean winning Super Bowls? Because, you know, it's really not, as you as you probably know, it's really not that easy. You can't just, will your, you can't just go out and say, I want to win a Super Bowl and win it. So I, I don't know why when people say waste, you know, and when it comes to like, quote unquote, all that talent, it was really only on one side of the ball. And that was on offense. They had one heck of an offense. We all know that. But the defense was suspect. 
and, and it remained suspect all the way up until 2019. Even even in in uh, 2017 and in 2016 when they made the playoffs and won a division, they made it to the AFC title game in 2016. That was a suspect defense. So they never had a complete team in the 2010s. In the 2000s, they had a complete team. And what they were in the 2000s from 04 through 2010, with the exception of obviously 06 and 09, they, they were down years, but they were always legit Super Bowl contenders. They were always up there with the Patriots. You always expected them to get a bye and make it to the Super Bowl. And obviously they did three times. In the previous decade, you, how often did they have a bye? I think they had a bye once, right? Well, I guess, well, no, yeah, last year was a, a different decade. So they had, a, they had one playoff year where they had a bye. And that was in 2017. Of course, they were one and done because hashtag Jesse caught it and they got screwed. But and they, and they had a bad matchup against the Jaguars. But that's spilt milk. So they had, they had a they had a buy once in that entire decade, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Well, I guess 2010 they had a buy, but I that's I'm talking about the the post Super Bowl era. And you know, 2014. The division title came right down to the last game. 2015, they needed help getting into the playoffs. 2016, if, if not for the AB immaculate extension against the Ravens on Christmas Day, they probably don't make the playoffs. You know, and they and they almost made it to the Super Bowl that year. At least they got to the championship game. And of course, 2017, they had they had a bye. That was the one team where they were they were it was it was clear that they were they were heading to the playoffs. But even that team didn't really look as strong as any of the teams from the 2000s look because they didn't have the defense. They had the offense, but not the defense. The 2000s, they had obviously a historically great defense. They were always finishing number one, but their offense was no slouch either, especially, uh, you know, that first Super Bowl team, uh, the, the 40 team, they had a really darn good offense. So they had a more of a complete team. And in the 2010s, they were never like in this. They never seemed to be in the same class as the Patriots, you know, or even the Broncos when they were when they had Manning. You know, there was they they weren't in that echelon, right? They were always a little bit further down. So, you know, when people say they they, they wasted talent and they they wasted Super Bowl rosters, to me that's just not true. You know, if anything. What they did in the 2010s is they, they they beat the odds, and I've said this a million times, and I, I'll probably say it a million more, and it's not going to matter. People aren't going to, they don't want to hear it. But um, what you saw from the Steelers in in the decade after their last Super Bowl appearance, that's pretty common in sports. In fact, as I as I just said, they beat the odds. They they actually played better than than uh, a lot of teams. Do after such a run, you know, a lot of teams just fall right off the map for, for, or off the cliff for the longest time. Uh, and, and it takes them a while to get back to where they were before. Uh, whereas the Steelers kind of remained in contention. They weren't ser- serious contenders, but they kind of remained in playoff contention pretty much the entire decade. Even when they were below 500, they were still scratching and clawing to make the playoffs. And they almost did a couple of times. So, you know, if you look around sports, 
not not just the NFL, but Major League Baseball, NBA, hockey, you know, you see this everywhere. You know, where have the Bulls been since Michael Jordan in 98? They've barely been relevant in the NBA. You know, uh, the Dolphins since, since Marino's heyday, I mean, they've been just a team, you know. So uh, the 49ers had a had after the um, Montana young years, they had a long, a long stretch where they were barely even on the map in the NFL. So, you know, I think people, people remember those 2010 teams as being stronger than they were, because I think they were sexier than, than uh, maybe what the eighties teams were after the seventies run. Cause they had, again, they had all those all pros. They had a heck of a line. Ben was playing his best, uh, uh, quarterback of his life, of his career. So, you know, and and I realize having the quarterback is a big deal when it comes to winning. But you, you still need a a, a a complete team, and and they, and they never had that. So, to me, that's my that's my only issue. Not that you have expectations, not that you want them to win every year. Because what's the point of sitting down and watching them if you're just going to say, oh well, they won three years ago. I'll just enjoy this year. I don't care what they do. No, you want to see them win. I don't care about that. But when people say, this sticks in my craw for some reason, when they say they wasted all that talent, they didn't because they were only a, a one-sided team. The, the offense was the strength and the defense was a liability, and it's hard to win that way. So enough of that rant, and I'll close out the show by taking some questions and comments. What, what do we have here? What can I find? Do I see anything with question marks? All right. Excuse me, I'm uh I'm scrolling. Let's see what Mark Tobin has to say. And Mark Thomas says, yeah, we were pulling the cat out of the bag last minute multiple times that year. I, I assume you mean the uh, 2017 year, and, and you're exactly right. I think the MVP of that year was, was Chris Boswell. And he was probably the GOAT of 2018 because he missed a lot of important kicks that year. And they they were basically losing the close games in 2018 that they were winning in 2017. And that's one of the reasons why they missed the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, they were pulling a lot of rabbits out of their hats or whatever you said. Michael Altman says, we're in the Ben Stat building era. Well, if that's the era we're in, then it's not a very good era for Ben in building stats because he, he's not really been building many stats since uh, about Halloween of last year. Brian Brown says, the Steelers have started slow before. Don't you think Ben will come out of this? He's had slumps before and bounced back and took the Steelers to the playoffs. Uh, I hope he can come out of this, but Ben's never had to do this at age 39 before, you know, sooner or later, the end comes for, for everybody. Even Tom Brady, when he's 60, the end will, will come for him and he'll, he'll, he'll lose his abilities, his physical attributes for playing quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, he's done it before, but eventually there's going to get a point to where he can't repeat that. And this, he might be there right now. We don't know. Hopefully he does come out of it. As we talked about, Ben does seem to have the arm strength. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if he's should be throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, 
at this point. I, I was supposed to be the uh, part of the uh, the mission this year was to reduce the number of throws he averaged in the game this year, and it doesn't seem to be uh, very successful so far. Uh, unfortunately, it's that's to Najee Harris's detriment because he hasn't he hasn't benefited from a great uh, start either because of the line and because of the lack of commitment to the running game. And as I said, it's hard to commit to the run if uh, you do it time and time again, and it just doesn't work. But I will say this, this past week, they did, they did seem to have some success running the ball and they were only, they didn't really trail by two scores until what early in the third quarter. So they had a whole first half where they were, it was a close game and, and yet they weren't really trying to be consistent with running the ball. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if, if, if Ben will come out of this at this point, hopefully he does. Brad Jewett says, we're all going to be poking our eyes out. If we have to watch a full season of Mason Rudolph, you know, I don't know about that. I'm not so sure about that. I think he's better than people give him credit for. Again, it's hard to follow up uh, or follow in the footsteps of a Hall of Fame quarterback, and, and, and he's never going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Few people can be that. But, you know, he gained so much experience two years ago, it's hard to believe that that didn't help him. You know, he's been in the system, or he's been with the team anyway, for four years. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, from what from what I understand, benching Ben, if you listen to the uh, the beat reporters and some of the national reporters, sources say that benching Ben is totally out of the question, regardless, unless he's injured. That's the only possible way they're even they would even consider sitting him down. So we might not have to see that anyway. Ben, it's going to be Ben's uh, team until he either gets hurt. Or he retires, apparently. Steve Pittsburgh says Mason is the GOAT. Wouldn't it be something if it was Dwayne Haskins that's the GOAT? I mean, that, that, that guy, to me, he's intriguing. He just is. He's a first-round pick as recently as two years ago. And, you know, the talent is quite evident. And he seems to be the most equipped of the three for running – Matt Canada's offense, the kind of offense he wants to run. I mean, he's not a he's not a super great athlete, but he's you know more mobile than Ben right now, which isn't saying much. But he, he definitely seems like his style of offense would would be closer to what Matt Canada wants to run than what certainly what Big Ben likes to run. He's just not he's never going to look comfortable in this kind of offense, so. Maybe it was a, uh, as they say, a bad marriage, Canada and Ben. And Steelers Pittsburgh says, do you still have hope in the team, Tony? Or she asks, or he asks. I still have, I still have hope. I always have hope. I and mean, when I sit down and watch every, every Sunday or Saturday, or not Saturday, every Sunday or Thursday or Monday, I always have hope. I mean, I, you know, that narrative can change. That's what's so great about sports. It can change from week to week. What I've been feeling the last few weeks is uh, hopeless. They don't have it. Like my grandfather used to say, they just don't have it. But that could all change. You know, you get a couple of good wins together. Uh, you string a couple of good wins together. Maybe you upset the Browns after the bye. 
Wow. Then we're talking about a whole different thing, a whole different feel, a whole different vibe. Then you might start feeling that buzz around town. And certainly certainly you're going to be feeling it in Steeler Nation, you know, all around the uh, all around the world. So, you know, I still I always have hope. I mean, that's the great thing about sports is it's the great unknown. It's the one reality. It's, it's the only reality TV that's, that's to me legit. Because you you really don't know what's going to happen, and things can change. You know, a year ago at this time, we were talking about Ben being an MVP. Could the Steelers go undefeated? You know, go to the Super Bowl. You know, I thought they were going to before their slide started, at least offensive slide, not their winning slide, but their offensive slide started. I thought, man, this team could go to the Super Bowl. That's how well they're playing on offense. And now look at me. I'm talking about wow. You know, wouldn't it be nice to see Dwayne Haskins in there or Mason Rudolph even? So things can change and they can change. Like I said earlier with my story about my uncle and me, you know, watching the Browns destroy the Steelers that one Sunday afternoon in 2014 and saying, man, they might win five games. And then they went on to win 11 and win the division, you know, so it can change just like that. So I always have hope. And the CUDA 70 asked, Tony, where do you live in the Berg area? I live in Crafton, home of Phil Cower. Actually, uh, he's not that far from, from where I live right now. I can I could walk there in probably five minutes if I wanted to. And, you know, Cower Way is not a, uh, that's not the street he grew up on, by the way. It's the alley behind the street he grew up on. He grew up on Hawthorne Street in Crafton. I read his book. It's pretty cool um, watching him talk about uh the, the days he used to jog on, you know, South Linwood and Hawthorne and, and Noble and all these other streets that are that, that are in my neighborhood. And Kathy Ford has a super chat, five dollars she donates, and thank you for that, Kathy. Always appreciated. And she asks, "So, do you wear a signed jersey to the games?" Thinking, why not? Are you talking about me? A signed jersey? I don't. I only have one jersey, and that's uh, Heinz Ward. My uncle bought it for me probably about fifteen years ago. I don't really wear jerseys much anymore. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't like how I look in them. To be perfectly honest, I just don't know. I don't like how I look in, in jerseys. I like how I look in uh, my Neil Walker Pirates jersey. I, I look good in that, I think. But Steeler jerseys, it's just not a good look for me. And you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look good in order to feel good, right? So yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have any signed jerseys. But uh, oh, I, I, I see, I see. Uh, I see what you're asking. I'm sorry. I, I was making it about me. You're asking, should you wear a signed jersey to games? And you're thinking, thinking, why not? Excuse me out there. That was a faux pas. It all depends on what you, it all depends on, on, on what plans you have for that jersey in the future. If you wear a signed jersey and it's of this era's version of Mean, mean Joe Green, for example, well, 40 years from now, it might look too worn for anybody to want to, you know, pay you for it or buy it, you know, it's part of their memorabilia collection. But if you don't care about that, then yeah, go ahead. I, I don't, I don't see a problem with that. I mean, it's just somebody's signature and it's not their actual Jersey. So yeah, I, I'd say where, where, yeah, where signed Jersey, why not? Yeah. Uh, pro- probably be a great uh, conversation starter in your section. If somebody sees a, a signature on, on, on the number or on the sleeve or something and like, Hey, who signed that? Did the actual so-and-so sign your jersey? That's crazy. So, yeah, I would do it.
And Brian Brown says Tony must look like a kicker. Well, I don't I don't look big, that's for sure. George Teston says I can sign it for you, Tony. Hey, I'd be honored. I'd be honored. I always pictured me signing somebody's autograph or giving giving somebody their my autograph, but no, I'll take yours. All right. And Kathy Ford says she's taking my advice. Or maybe maybe she already had this in mind anyway. It looks like she was leaning in that direction. And she says, wearing it, wearing it to the Chiefs game, then. There you go. I would do it. I would do it. Represent Steeler Nation. I think it's in, at Arrowhead, right? So yeah, do it. All right. Rod John 39 says. Oh, he's talking to Steelers Pittsburgh. That's a private conversation. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with that. All right. What else we have here? Any other questions I may have missed? Here's a here's a comment from Buck Dancer, and he says we've been spoiled with a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Next quarterback won't likely be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Probably not. Probably not. But I'd like to believe that they learned a lot from that era between. Bradshaw and Ben. And by the way, you know, for everybody thinking if it takes them 20 years to to uh, find another franchise quarterback, I mean, 20 years of, of, of losing, you know, somebody brought up a good point a couple weeks ago. Those 90s teams didn't have a franchise quarterback and they were always Super Bowl contenders. So I, it can be done. It's just a little harder to do without a franchise quarterback. But uh, back to my, my thought, I truly believe they learned their lesson after Bradshaw retired or, or even before he was, he was about to retire and they tried to rebuild through defense and running the, in the running game, like they did in the, in the late sixties and the early seventies, they tried to repeat that. And when I had a chance to, to draft Dan Marino, for example, I think Chuck Noll actually said that we built this thing through defense the first time and we're going to do it again with Gabe Rivera. And he, he tried repeatedly to, rebuild that that steel curtain in, in the 80s and, and with first round picks and it just uh it was unsuccessful time and time again he, i don't think any of those guys whether you're talking about uh certainly not uh daryl sims or obviously gabe rivera had the uh, unfortunate injury uh a dui accident um uh, keith gary was a pretty good player but he wasn't certainly a, he didn't live up to his number one billing aaron jones was an absolute bust uh <laughs> Huey richardson was cut one year after uh, he was drafted in the first round. So uh, anyway, I think, I think they're, they're, they're going to be more proactive this time around after Ben does retire and they're not going to just continue to, to go with mediocre quarterbacks uh, like they did before, or they're going to, they're going to try to find that guy again, whether it's a veteran or it's a first round pick or whatever, a high draft pick. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to do their best to try to get a good quarterback in here again, a top-notch quarterback. So you don't have to be a future Hall of Famer to win, although that, that certainly helps. But, yeah, so I, I don't think they're going to – we have been spoiled by Ben's, uh, Ben's success over the last 18 years, mostly 18 years, and um, it's probably going to be – rather lean in that position at that position after he retires, but I don't think it's going to be 20 years this time. And on that note, I think I'm going to 
I think I'm going to uh, say good night. I hope for a Steeler win this Sunday. I hope if you're going to the game, I hope you're enjoying your. I hope you enjoy yourself. I hope you see a win. And if you're watching, if you get to watch it, I hope you get to see a win on from wherever you're at. So, until I talk to you on Monday with Brian and Shannon, have a great weekend and go Steelers. Good night, everybody. Oh, how it rips me, beloved, makes me live for tomorrow.